Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. What is up, Dolphins? And welcome to the fifth quarter postgame show right here on the Miami Dolphins radio network. Seth Levitt and OJ McDuffie are here. I'm Travis Winkfield and Juice. The winning streak is over as the Dolphins drop one to the San Francisco 49ers in relatively heartbreaking fashion. Uh, what's the final? I, I had 23-17 here. Then we I had a couple points get scored there late. Uh, it's it's up 33-17. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As they fall to 8-4 and four on the season. And the offense in this battle of top offense in the NFL, top defense in the NFL. Well, for the Miami offense, not up to the challenge today, Juice. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it was. You know, they um, you know, obviously started off hot with the first play to Trent Sherfield. But then... You know, the rest of it was a disaster, in my opinion. And it was, um, it looks like it looked like a case of nerves, um, some miscommunication. Um, you know, it all, you know, we know where it all starts. It starts at number one. Number one was not on his game at the beginning. And, you know, three and out, three and out, three and out. Next thing you know, the defense has been on the field a long time. And, you know, we end up losing big in the time possession. And then, you know, you still get these opportunities in this game. This game was still, at, you know, still up for grabs, you know, with a lot of time left on, on the clock. And uh, once again, you know, the, the offense uh, finds a way to sputter. So, honestly, it's been, you know, the defense, I thought, had a rocky start and then a solid finish. I mean, they – on the turnovers, the short fields, they only give up three points a couple yep. times, you know. And so, you, you got guys in the in the trenches like we talk, we'll talk about a little bit later with Christian Wilkins and, and Zach Sealer doing a great job in the middle, you know, and shutting down a pretty good run game for the most part. I just thought that, you know, offense had way too many opportunities given by the defense and, you know, of course, in other, other situations um, to, to, to let that one go. I have to 1,000% put that on the O. Even though you see 33 points on the board, most of that's offensive driven. Yeah, when you can't when you can't sustain drives and you're constantly putting the defense back on the field like you mentioned. I think there was one point in the game they said there was like 27 to 4 was the plays ran in opponent territory in favor of the 49ers there. You're just not going to get a lot of points on the board if that's the case. And of course Miami only scoring 17 in this game and I think they had what four giveaways there by the end of it. And you mentioned too a rough day for the quarterback and I, I'll go to you here for this one Seth because 18 for 33, 295, two touchdowns, two picks, a fumble lost, a 79.7 passer rating. This was kind of a, a show-me game for Tua Tungavailoa, and you had mentioned this at one point watching the game that, you know, all year long it, it felt like no one can stop this offense, and then in this game you kind of talked about how that feeling got reverted back to can we 
put together a drive here. So I guess the question is, where do you come down on the perception of Tua after a full season worth of great play and then a step backwards today? Uh, I, I don't think it would be fair to change your perception over what – I mean, if you take the sample size, what you've seen all year, I mean, there were eight games where he's been spectacular and against some pretty good teams. And, and we'll get into the whole number one defense thing because I, I felt there were a lot of plays to be made – Look, that's a really good defense, and their pass rush was strong and certainly came on at the end. But there were plays to be made, and there were just off-target throws. There was a drop or two. There were just opportunities lost, as O.J. said. So I, I don't want to say uh, – to me, there were more unforced errors than it was their defense being this insurmountable force, in, in my opinion. And I, yeah. that's no disrespect to their defense because clearly it's very good. But I don't think that if, if the Miami Dolphins offense had played the way we had seen it play – it's just unforced errors. Look, last week when we we saw them play against the Texans and we said, well, Tua had his worst game of the season, ha, 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 14 incompletions. That's not like him. But there were still plays that were made. Obviously, they didn't score in the second half. We said, okay, at least they, they had it against the Houston Texans. Let's go ahead and get things right. Well, this was not the right day to have your worst right. game of the season. And because they're just too good of a team, on their, especially on their home turf, to go out there and not play your best. And look, now the score, 33-17, to but this game was going down to the wire there. They get the field goal. It's a nine-point game. They basically had outscored the Dolphins 9-7 to in the second half. So I think the Dolphins, I don't think it's fool's gold. I think they're a good football team, but they just didn't get it done today. And unfortunately, we saw our quarterback have his worst game of the season. At the worst time possible, like you mentioned. 100%. And Juice mentioned you know, the, the defense kind of finding its footing there late in the game. I'm sure it's tough to adjust to a quarterback, a new quarterback that you haven't put as much time in preparing right. for than the starter. But obviously an undrafted rookie, or not undrafted, sorry, he was Mr. Irrelevant, <laughs> the last pick of the draft. A rookie coming in here and having a day like that. It's, you know, it's not the best day for the Dolphins defense, but at the end of the day, they did give the ball back to the offense in the fourth quarter with a chance to go win the game. And, you know, to kind of put those two points together, Juice, I'm curious where you come down on this because, you know, Seth mentioned the missed opportunities that you had alluded to as well. I, I wonder how much different this game is if you hit three or four of those passes in the first half that we had guys open, you know, streaking down the middle of the field. Yeah. If Jeff Wilson catches that wheel route and takes it, I don't know how many yards it was, 70 for a touchdown, all of a sudden, if that quarterback coming off the bench is playing down by a score or two, probably a much different game. Oh, it, it 1,000% is. We had some big chunk plays in there that we left on the field. Right. You know what I mean? And all those throws, man. And that's one thing about it. I love what Seth's saying about, you know, this defense. We, we, have, we were having our way potentially against this defense. Now, you still got to make plays, but the fact that guys were running wide open and we're just missing them, that's different. It wasn't like missing them in tight windows with tight coverage. We had guys running wide open that we missed today. And, and the protection held up early on. Protection was right on point, the man. the throws weren't there. Yeah, yeah. and that's, that's what it boils down to, man. Um, and, and I tell you, man, these guys, it's a, again, we talked about last week being a learning lesson, you know, not, not putting teams away. It's another learning lesson yeah. too, man. And we got to go out there and we got to show up at the beginning, like we talk about, in a hostile environment early in the game. And I thought, you know, I remember my first thing I said coming out into the green room was, "Let's get off to a fast start." <laughs> we couldn't get up, couldn't get, get off to a fast start than that, other than taking the kickoff back, <laughs> you know. And so, and that was great. And I thought that that's what we're going to have. And then from then on, it became kind of, man, can we just put a drive together? Can we stop the three and outs? Can we stop the bleeding? You know. Um, so, I mean, it's another learning experience for our guys. You've got to be mentally tough and, 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 and physically ready, but at the same time, you also got to have – got to be able to control. 
Uh, you talked about a little bit on, on while we're watching Big Seth about they kept talking about the nerve situation. Yeah, that you was know I mean? interesting. I thought, yeah. it, you know, Daryl Johnson kept talking about how he was just too hyped up, too excited. I mean, look, I'm sure they wanted to reward their coach. You know, th- this team has rallied around Mike McDaniel. They clearly love this guy. And I, and then as much as he didn't want to make it about him, you know these guys wanted to win for him and then some of these other guys who played for the 49ers prior to this season or, or even, you know, Wilson who did play for them earlier in this season. So I, I think that that was probably important to them. But at some point you have to stop pressing. And so and I just yeah. thought it fascinating that Johnson just kept talking about that almost as if he was on the sidelines and knew that this was important to those guys. And he kept saying how Tua was just pressing and how it was, you know, he was too hyped up and he needs to settle down. And and maybe it was as simple as that. Maybe that's what it was. And he just wanted to win so much for this guy who was giving him so much, regardless of what it was like adversity, that whole thing, adversity is opportunity. Adversity is going to hit you at some point. And they just, quote-unquote, settled down too late. You, you, the 49ers are too good of a football team to miss that many opportunities. I'm looking at Jalen right. Waddle's stats. Yeah, was, you know, five targets, right? He, he ended up with one catch for nine yards. I can't wait till Travis watches the All-22. Yeah. I bet he could have had 100 yards today. Easily. 100 yards today. Easily. And a and, long up in. And not everybody's going to yeah. catch every, every one of those balls, and not everyone that's going to get caught is going to turn into a touchdown. But I, there was so much meat left on the bone there from off-target throws. And those yeah. are the throws you've seen them hit all season long. All season to everybody, long. not just Jalen and Tyreek, but right. Sherfield, Craycraft, and both those guys got involved today as well. And it just was a tick off. And it almost, I guess, can make you appreciate when it's on how pretty it is and how, right. yeah. how explosive it is point. to to, to make the you know get the execution that they have gotten all year long. I started tracking this towards the end of the game because after his second pick, I thought we saw a moment, and, and Juice, you kind of mentioned it too, where he kind of had that look on his face and was kind of giving the head nod right. after I think uh, someone came over and talked to him. And after the, the second second interception that was obviously I think to me I thought it was his worst throw of the day it was a layup type throw throws it high and behind Tyreek it's right. batted into the air and picked off after that he was nine for 12 for 114 and a touchdown and that includes the 45 yard strike to Tyreek Hill so kind of what I want to extrapolate from that point is I don't think this game is the lesson I think where this team goes from here because this is kind of a, a checky moment late in the year right December football right you learned you know a little bit about yourself in a loss today and the adversity how do you overcome that and how do you respond next week against the Chargers yeah I mean that's huge you know we talk talked about it before if we're going to take an L this this is the week to take the L it really is NFC team you know uh, we don't have Teron back and he, we, he's, he was left off this week and then you've got to go into AFC country you know two weeks in a row those are the big ones right yeah. there you know no matter what no matter what if you're going to take an L this is the one to take and get ready for the Chargers next week man so all those are learned experiences I mean I think the last couple of weeks we talked about that second half of last game you know most of this game at times for offense and then going into the next week if we haven't learned our lesson on you know, what we've done wrong the last two weeks you know we're not going to school right now no, definitely not. And, you know, to that point, if they win the next two games, I mean, if they go to, to L.A. and then to Buffalo and win both those games, they're back in first place in the AFC East, which they have relinquished back to the Buffalo Bills for the time being as the Bills won on Thursday night. Jets lost uh, on this Sunday, and Patriots also lost. So they kind of, you know, stay even ground with most of the division but lose one to Buffalo. But if they go out and they beat L.A. and they beat Buffalo, then they'll have three games left, two at home, and a chance to you know control their own destiny. Well, they got to win the next one first before they can get to the second one. No doubt about that. It's a big one. It's a a big primetime game. I think the Chargers are actually about to lose right now as well. So uh, there you go. So the AFC AFC in general kind of shaping up right now. Let's go ahead and take our first break, and we'll come back and do player of the game. There's a couple of good options here in this one. We'll whittle it down to one. Dolphins postgame is driven by Gunther Motors. you got to get to Gunther Kia in Fort Lauderdale on 441, just north of I-595, or visit Gunther 
GunthaKia.com. For car buying done your way, you've got to get to Gunther Kia. Again, the final score from Santa Clara, Niners 33, Dolphins 17. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show brought to you by the Palm Beaches. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Check out South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination with world-class shows at Hard Rock Live, award-winning dining at Suppresso and Council Oak, and much, much more only at the Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood. Let's go ahead and get now to our key player of the game, sponsored by Ed Morse. When you buy from Morse, you're backed by Morse. With the prize protection promise from Ed Morse, Sawgrass Auto Mall. Was hoping we'd have this one for you guys in a victory today, but it is a loss. But still, up front on the defensive line, Christian Wilkins made a million plays today. Gonna hurry back up on the ball. Yeah, quickly to the line of scrimmage. Give it to McCaffrey. Got him in the backfield. Christian Wilkins. What a play. Penetration. And McCaffrey never had a chance to get started. Jimmy, Christian Wilkins, that's his 12th tackle for loss this season. What a play. 12 tackles for loss on the season, 12 tackles in the game today, including a forced fumble late in the game, or I should say early in the game. And that was my, uh, every week on the podcast, guys, I do a segment called the, the teaching tape where you kind of highlight a player and show the exact way you're supposed to do something. Him running 20 yards down the field and punching a ball out on Debo Samuel after a reception. That guy's effort every single week pops off the tape. It did again here. And 12 tackles. Yeah. For a defensive tackle, that's a crazy number, Juice. Yeah, and you know what? You think if you get a defensive tackle with 12 tackles, you're doing pretty good. <laughs> right. You know, and then you got Zach Sealer with another seven tackles right next <laughs> right. to him. You think you're doing pretty good, you know? And like I said, I think the defense did do pretty good. They had a, a couple tough ones early, but then you give up a bunch of field goals at the end based off of, you know, uh, you know offensive turnovers. So, yeah, but Christian was all over the place. And sometimes he's a little bit too much for me again, Seth. <laughs> but we say it all the time, man. He, he might be a little much, but, boy, is he a bad man. You know what I mean? And uh, he, he went out there and had a hell of a game, man. And, um, I, you know, down the trenches, they don't get a lot of credit. A lot of times they're, getting, they're holding up for other guys to make plays behind them. But to make plays, you know, at the line of scrimmage and behind the line of scrimmage, 
Uh, Christian had a hell of a day. How much do you appreciate Christian and just everything he brings to the table, Big Seth? How can you not? I mean, that's where, you know, the flashy stuff is what everyone sees and certainly, right, your edge players and the sacks and you get the interceptions. We've got some great players in the secondary. But, man, those grinders down there where where it's down and dirty. And But he he somehow turns plays that should be a, a zero-yard gain, you know, no gain or a one-yard gain into a three-yard loss. And the way he just uh, – you know, he's not explosive in getting the sacks and so on, but the way he fires off the ball and can that, that play, they said he went unblocked where he had that tackle for loss, but he wasn't unblocked. <laughs> right, right. He just beat the guy. First he flat out beat him. Yeah, he was the first guy off the ball, and you saw that center struggling to try and get over there, and he couldn't because Christian's feet are so good, and he's just he's a smart player, and he's a tough player. I wish he would. Some of the antics are, uh, I'm with you. You hold your breath every time. And I think, you know what I also do? I, I think that... It may cost him throughout the course of his career getting to Pro Bowls and getting recognized by his peers because he's probably not liked very much, you right. know, across the league because of that stuff. But we like him a whole lot here because of the way he plays. So yeah, I, I think great choice for player of the game today. Uh, you know, we, we'd love to have a player of the game and a win, but you know, we'll we'll deal with it. I think most good teams have a player on defense that only their teammates like him. Yeah, like I always think about Rodney Harris. Uh, Rodney. Yeah, that's because he was just flat out dirty. Harrison. Yeah, yeah. yeah Harris. I almost said Woods. Yeah, Rodney. Rodney Harrison of the Patriots when he yeah. would. Yeah, he was always late to the party for sure. Yeah, but. I bet you there's some <laughs> offensive players that he probably hit some guys dirty in practice too. <laughs> Man, yeah. you know he has. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but I'm with They're you. They're just happy he's on their team. Yeah, exactly. Too, like, just do it in practice. Yeah, I don't think yeah. Christian's dirty. He's just a little yeah. silly. He's a little bit silly. But Austin Clark this week, Dolphins defensive line coach, did describe him as the epitome of professionalism and the he way did. that he prepares. Said it's unlike anybody's yeah. ever been around before. So that's a pretty big compliment from a guy that's pretty high energy. So have to imagine Christian Wilkins be a big priority this offseason for the Miami Dolphins. That was your key player of the game, sponsored by Ed Morse. Ed Morse Sawgrass Automall backs every vehicle they sell because if it has their name on it, you have their word on it. I want to finish up here in this segment, guys. We still have about five minutes left. Uh, talking about Sealer and Wilkins again, mm-hmm. but also the entirety of the defense because I, I, I'm with you, Juice, that I think it was a good performance from the defense on balance, but I, I just look at a, key, a few key things things here yeah. eight for 18 on third down just kind of has me tripped up a little bit I know it's not a great percentage but it's it's pretty good for a guy that you know I don't think the Niners ever expected to have to take a snap this year at the quarterback position in fact they brought Jimmy Garoppolo back after he had said his goodbyes to the 49ers this offseason and then he came back and thankfully thankfully for them he did because Trey Lance gets injured uh, back in week two but now they go on to Brock Purdy and I just keep looking at it like there were three or four drives where the Niners went the entire length of the field. Yep. So do you hold that against them on a day where you feel like they played pretty good, or is that just something that's going to happen in today's NFL? Well, you know, I think the, I think they had, if I'm looking at it correctly, they had a lot of those conversions early in the game, yeah. you know, in a couple of early drives. Um, I think the defense um, kind of lost track of what I, I thought. I was looking up the, the stats there. They had um, 121 to, on 33 rushes, and I, I mean – like for Wilkins and Sealer to have what was it nineteen tackles? Yeah, that feels but, like a high yeah, number. Yeah, yeah. I think, but putting that in perspective, though, you look at a long run from Caffrey late in the game. Yeah, a couple, true. and then they had a, he had a couple long runs early in the game. Um, so I mean, there are a lot of different things that you know don't tell all all the numbers. Sure. I mean, even the score itself. You know, the scoop and score at the end put us away a field goal. But at the same time, though, I mean, there were some big chunk plays in there from the run game that that inflates that a little bit. McCaffrey was on fire. We couldn't do anything about him. In yeah, the first he was couple really series. good today. 
you know. And um, once we settled that down, I think we were pretty good. And then he had the big run towards the end. So um, I, I still hold this. This defense that like actually came out and played pretty well. And then, of course, at the end of the game, it's a, it's a sellout defense. Yeah. You know, that big run came off of pretty much a sellout. You have to try to make a play behind the line of scrimmage. Um, and uh, so that, that, that hurt us as well. But, the, you know, third down conversion – Obviously, it's a big problem because look what happened to us offensively when it came down to third down. Well, right, you know, 0 for 7 in offense. And so that leads me to my point here with the defense is that they, they were good. I don't know if great, right? They were good today, not necessarily great. Great might have given you a chance at the end. And it was that drive at the end of the first half. I think that one was a little bit of a backbreaker. That drive, You know, they couldn't get a stop at the end of the first half there. But they were on the field for 40 minutes. So that's, you know, this offense and those missed opportunities, not only were they missed opportunities to put points on the board, but the defense was out there a lot today. And so they did a lot of really good things, but they're playing against a pretty creative offense there. And, you know, we're raving about our offense now, and we understand what the system and the tree that, that our coach fell off of. And so I, I think that uh, you, can't, you can't leave your defense, uh, hang your defense out there to drive for 40 minutes. That's a tough ask for them. So your point about today's NFL – I just think that's a lot of ball that they had to play. Um, but there were some opportunities that maybe, you know, they could have – I feel like there were a couple plays where our defensive backs mm -hmm. were right there and somehow the pass was completed and we were kind of uh, amazed yeah. that Purdy was able to get some of those throws in there. So there were some moments. I'll just say good, not great. And, and obviously for nobody on the Dolphins' side, was it good enough? Yeah, real quick on that point. I, I mean, I think at this point we have to give Purdy some credit, don't we? Yeah, he played I mean, he great. Played, he, he played really, really, really good football, man. We can't just say that our defense didn't do this or that. He, we look at some of those window throws. Me and your yeah. dad, Big Seth, were in there like we were oohing and on some of those throws, man. And, uh, and there were some unbelievable throws, unbelievable windows, unbelievable, unbelievable coverage we had, but then unbelievable strength by the receivers to hold on to those balls, man, where we had a couple ourselves come a little loose that kind of hurt us as well in this game. I think that's why, like, looking back at the game and just my memory of it, if I didn't know the score and just kind of looked at the plays individually, obviously you have to hit the passes you have there, and Miami didn't. But it just felt like Miami was, like, almost executed at a higher level, like, in terms of getting things open and having opportunities to make plays. And the Niners just kind of made the plays, and they had to, like you mentioned, making those tough catches in traffic and some of those tight window throws. And uh, that's what's a tough Purdy. pill to swallow, exactly. Travis, yeah, is that that right. Purdy is completing those balls and that Tua struggled as much as he did. And here's a guy that was having an MVP-caliber season up to this point I'm not giving up on them so I'm not you know I, uh, going back to what you said at the top of the show I'm just saying if we evaluate what we saw today it, it just was not what we had expected it definitely wasn't and in that, in that same area of the field like you mentioned where it had been so prolific really throughout the entire course of the season they did get Tyreek Hill going you mentioned that Jalen only had the what was his total numbers in the game Seth I'm sorry I lost it here who's total uh, numbers Jalen Waddle's numbers uh, well he had five targets and with one catch for nine yards one catch for nine yards that's got to be a career and limped off the him. field yeah. after it I think Tyreek did finish with nine for 146 and the touchdown Sherfield's only catch was the 75 yard touchdown there but yeah just man a couple of missed opportunities in that first half because like the second half you kind of felt like they were starting to get things cranking a little bit yeah. but man that the, the misses early to Waddle, like you had mentioned, and I know he kind of had got dinged up on some of those those kind of contorting plays that he makes yeah. all year long. But, gosh, that Jeff Wilson throw, Juice, I keep thinking back to that one because yeah. I think Wilson probably could have caught it. It would have been a tough catch, and you would have gotten whatever 20 yeah. yards it was. But if yeah. the ball's better located, too, it's probably a touchdown the other way. And, again, I'd have been okay if he tucked it and ate it. It exactly. was first down. Take anything. Yeah, it was first and twenty-five, but it was first down. I just, I, I'm insistent that if the Dolphins go up by even, even a touchdown, and you know, when, when uh, 
You're talking about the you're talking about the one down the sideline, right? Oh, that one. Okay, I thought you were talking. My bad. No, the one early first quarter. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the interception. Yeah, tough catch, but yeah, if he just put it right there, you know, more towards the field. I mean, honestly, it's like throwing a fade route right there. But he once he clears that linebacker, which he did pretty easily. But yeah, that's that was a big one. Yeah, it's it's. It's like, why There's a lot of opportunities lost. Yeah. I think Jimmy Jimmy Cephalo said at the end, it's, you know, it's probably the game of opportunities missed. Yeah, that's lost, a good way to you know put it. I don't, so, I don't think you come out of this. Yeah. And it, this game will kind of leave a stain on the team for a week in terms of how they're talked about in the national media. I know it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all in the grand scheme of things. You, I mean, fans want to hear the positives because it's been such a long time, and it feels good when, when the national media is talking about your team in, in a positive light, but they're not going to have that for an, another week, and they'll have to go prove it against the Chargers next week on the road uh, on Sunday Night Football, you know, right around this window. So looking forward to that one. Let's go ahead and take a break. We have sound from Tua, head coach Mike McDaniel. No game balls for the first time in a long time, but we have plenty to come your way here on the Dolphins' fifth quarter postgame show. Dolphins' postgame is driven by Gunther Motors. For car buying done your way, you've got to get to Gunther Kia. Again, the final score from Levi Stadium, Niners 33, Dolphins 17. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. This is the official Miami Dolphins Radio Network, where Dolphins fans live. Dolphins recap tomorrow morning with Joe Rose and Zach Krantz, AM 560 Sports, WQAM. Make more good in the all-new Sportage X Pro with multi-terrain all-wheel drive and available 360-degree surround view monitor. No mission is too small to take on. And, guys, we are into segment three here. We don't have sound for Tua or Coach just yet, so we're going to keep staying with you guys here. Talking about this Dolphins loss, 33-17 to the San Francisco 49ers. And we talked about it in the previous segment. A game of, of missed opportunities is probably gonna, how we're going to remember this thing in a you know a few days or looking back at the end of the season. But a couple of, of big decisions, and not just from the Dolphins coaching staff, guys, but from the officials in this game. Uh, I guess it was the deciding drive, wasn't it? That, that final Dolphins offensive possession before the fumble. Uh, down 23-17, trying to go in for a game-winning touchdown there late in the fourth quarter. And the Dolphins go for it twice on fourth down once, Big Seth, at their own 19. I know that made you a little bit queasy back there in the <laughs> it green. did. And then again on fourth down in, in plus territory. But what did you think of the decisions there to go for it on fourth down, especially backed up to your own uh, goal line there? I, I mean, if I'm being honest, I can't just play the result. With 10 <laughs> minutes left in the game, I would have been okay if they had punted there. I mean, I really – in fact, I say would have been okay. I was like – I don't know about this. I mean, even if they get it, I don't know if I can go with it. They did get it. I would have liked if they had gone down there and gotten some points, right? And and that didn't happen. But, yeah, that was, uh, I think, beyond gutsy. I know we've talked about the wheelbarrow earlier in, in the <laughs> season here. Um, and I, I think some people might question at what point do you – I don't want to use the term stupid with a, a, a somebody who's got an Ivy League degree. Right. But I'm saying at what point are, are is you know risk versus reward and all of those things – it was unbelievable. I personally, you know, I'm going to go back a play. I know that we had a little debate there in the green room on the challenge, not necessarily on the challenge, but the overruling there on that pass that they ruled incomplete. I know that ball was moving, but I don't think there was any signs conclusively that that ball hit the ground. So I'm going to stick with that. I thought that I, I was disappointed that that call uh, – I'm certainly disappointed in the result, but I don't think that call should have been overturned. Regardless, they go for it. And then, Juice, Tua had what? He had the option to, to run. Could have run, got there, and slid. <laughs> hey, uh, Alec Ingold, he almost could have reached out and handed it off to him like in a relay race with like a baton. But he chose he chose to throw it across his body into traffic. Granted, he threw it to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek gets his helmet knocked off. I mean, thank goodness he held on to the ball, or this thing could have gotten ugly really quickly. But uh, I, I just it was surprising in a lot of ways. It worked out. 
probably not something that Coach McDaniel is going to have to deal with, but he might have to in the fourth down later on. Well, yeah. Go ahead, Juice. Go ahead, Juice. No, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was going to throw it to you right there. So take it okay, away. yeah. <laughs> I, you know, and on that play, Seth, that was the last option. Right. You know, when you look at that play, the first option is going to be always to keep it. You know, and then you want to hit the flat. Both were both were <laughs> there, but then he squeezes one in there. I mean, I don't know. Uh, hopefully he's still working on bringing his confidence that we're used to him having back yeah. on that play. But, boy, was this scary. I thought it was interesting the the play by play guy or the or the color commentator was saying that he didn't he wasn't a fan of Tyreek's route saying he drifted I didn't know too yeah. much about that but. I don't know I think I think Tyreek usually doing a uh, a little bit of a service right there um, in terms of might have been a, a slight pick or whatever but drifted I don't think he what he didn't do was work his way back to the football if he needed to I don't think the drift was there though but I almost feel like it's like you said, a service to try to create more space for Ingold underneath, right? Right. It, like, it was a lot. We all saw it was <laughs> wide open. Yeah. And and Tyreek, he does that where he does, you know, he'll he'll kind of commit his route more beyond what you expect to kind of hope, op, help open up that space. And, I mean, he's such an attention commander as it is. I mean, the 75-yard touchdown pass to Trent Sherfield, two guys took that side of the field to Tyreek Hill. So, yeah, he's he's having an impact whether or not you're throwing him the ball or if he's the decoy. He's been he's been as advertised. Yeah, we saw guys, I mean, talk about the first play of the game, you know, to, to Sherfield when Tyreek came outside him there, just, you saw all that attention go there, right there. Two guys, right there. Two guys went with him, and then, then Trent had the, the shot down the middle of the field and beating a linebacker, man. So he always draws a lot of attention. I mean, it took a little time to even get him going at times today because there's so much attention given this way. But then when we started getting him, you know, that's when things started to work, obviously, especially the long touchdown. But, man, he his route running – it's, it's so precise. Yeah. For, so for somebody to critique it, probably definitely people that never played a position, it kind of drives me crazy. I, I hate saying that sometimes, but Tyreek is a, a, he's an expert route runner. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's and, what uh, especially some of those ones where I don't know how he does it, man, going 100 miles an hour, 20 yards down the field and stops. On a dime. And, on a dime and then works. I mean, that's why DP, DBs can't handle them on, when, they're, when they're playing off, man. So, I mean, he, he, he's a guy that, that, that's special. Obviously for our team, man. And once we get him going, we see what happens off for us offensively. So we have some sound here from Tua Tungabailo. Let's go ahead and throw it to the Dolphins quarterback post game. Sucks. Uh, sucks that uh, we didn't come out and, and say what we wanted to do collectively as a team. Uh, obviously, it starts with me offensively, turnovers with third downs, communication errors. Um, you know, in, in, in that retrospect, it, it's hard to, to win a game when, you know, when, when you're not on your P's and Q's and you're, you know, you're, you're not dialed in. And so um, a, a lot of that has to do, you know, a lot of that has to do with, you know, just understanding what we're trying to accomplish and what we're trying to do. Yeah, definitely missing, uh, you know, guys in certain areas. Um, you know, there, there's also some miscommunication of where guys should be breaking, where they're setting their angles on certain routes, things like that. But it definitely um, was a poor performance uh, from my part in, in that aspect of the game. Yeah, it was tough, and we we knew we knew what what we were playing against. I mean, really good front. You know, you you look at the backers that they have. 
very intuitive and then you know their safeties with how they try to mix in their coverages of making things look the same um, not easy being in the back there and then having that kind of pressure and trying to read it at the same time so they you know they they had a great game plan for us you know we we're hoping to have a, a lot more uh, you know chances to to you know, make some plays, but we didn't. We had a lot of opportunities offensively, didn't, didn't capitalize, and so that's uh, that's the result of the game. Did you come out of it okay health-wise after the last Yeah, um, I would say as as you know as as good as I can be uh, coming off a game. Um, we'll we'll uh, you know assess some some things, um, but you know as good as I can be. So when you think about some or all of the third down plays in today's game, um, what, if anything, are, are some common denominators or what stands out about third down today? Execution. Uh, execution and executing those plays. Uh, it's, it's not what we did today. And that was the result of th- a lot of three and outs uh, from what it felt like offensively. And uh, no one no one really to blame but, but myself. So, you know, we'll... We'll be better from this. Yeah, um, it was just poor, poor ball placement, um, and uh, nothing, nothing more than that. That was just, just bad. Yeah, I think they did really good. Um, you know, stepping up. Um, you know, against really good edge rushers, and it's not just their edge rushers; their interior rushers are are really, really strong um, to be able to push the pocket and allow those guys to to collapse. And so, I mean, I think they did a phenomenal job. Um, you know, just we'll take a look at the tape and uh, see what we can get better at offensively. To the fourth and one from the own from your own nineteen down six points. Obviously, that's one of the plays that works. What was going through your mind when, when you know you heard you, you guys were going for it? Uh, just get the first down. Um, you know that really that that's that's all that was. Um, never never thought like oh this is the biggest moment you know of the game or or whatnot. Just knew that okay hey you know like Mike's calling this play and putting the ball in my hands you know giving me that decision to to either hand it off or or throw it or or run it so um just the belief that he had in me um you know for us to go go down and um you know convert on on that so you know i i would say the same with um our other fourth down that we had uh, where we weren't able to convert um tough it's tough you know even in that play we we had some uh we had some errors on that play, um, but like I said, we'll we'll all look back at the film uh, collectively as a unit, offensively, and we'll get better from it. The two touchdowns that you did have to put down each play, uh, open play to Sherfield, and then the deep one to Hill. Yeah, uh, our personnel. We were in twenty. I think they were in base, and so really they they had no adjustments to. Um, you know the the bunch. They just had their backers stacked inside. They ended up bringing a a guy off off the the edge to that side. So there was a 
there's a little pocket or there's a little area that that was voided so we gave Trent the ball and you know Trent turned that into a touchdown um, and then the the other play you know we went you know fast on the ball and we we seen quarters they gave us you know the right coverage for the right play and we took a shot well, because, because some of the passes um, were, were high, the, the broadcast team was wondering whether maybe you were a little bit emotionally charged or a little juiced for the game. How did you feel in terms of your uh, preparation and your emotions entering the game and going the game? I felt I felt like myself during the game. Like I said, there's there's uh, instances where I just flat out wasn't getting the ball directly to our guys but there's also instances where there were miscommunications of I thought I was supposed to be here whereas like normally you're here and so just communication errors and like I said and we'll continue to keep saying we'll get better from those Yeah, um, you know, I, I've I've also been on on the the other side of that. Um, you know, where I have played uh, in this organization, and we have lost games. This isn't uh, something that that is is new. Where you know we're on a win streak, then we end up losing, and we can't find our, our rhythm. You know, I, I would say this is nothing for us um, to worry about, but it is an opportunity for us to get better from. So, don't think that. That we're we're taking this lightly and we're just going to move on from it. Um, you know, a great opportunity for us um, that we'll we'll use and and take coming into the the LA game next week. Any thoughts on uh, Brock Purdy and his performance coming in like that? Yeah, I thought he did a tremendous job. Um, being a rookie, it's it's hard in this league to do what he he's been asked to do. Um, I mean, I, I know what it feels like to, to come into a game being a rookie. And so, you know, just the poise that he had, asked, doing what, what was asked of him, um, you know, with action fakes, with his drop back game, I, th- I think he did a great job. So there you go. You have Tua Tungavailo at the podium there post game. Not very happy with how the offense performed, as one would assume after that performance today by the Miami Dolphins. We'll come back on the other side and react to Tungavailoa there. Dolphins post game driven by Gunther Motors. You've got to get to Gunther Kia in Fort Lauderdale on 441, just north of I-595, or visit GuntherKia.com. For car buying done your way, you've got to get to Gunther Kia. Again, the final score from Levi Stadium, Dolphins 17, Niners 33. You're listening to the fifth quarter post game show brought to you by the Palm Beach. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Miami Dolphins football is on the air on the Miami Dolphins radio network. The Porpoise Pod, the newest Miami Dolphins podcast, hosted by Tobin and Solana. Listen for free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Unbeatable fans like you deserve unbeatable mileage. So next time you fill up, choose Chevron with Techron. Find a station near you on the Chevron app. The truth, the press conference consigliere is coming up next, but I need y'all to wait 10 more seconds. Let's go ahead and pause 10 seconds so our stations can identify themselves. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. WQAM Miami, WPOWHD2 Miami, WKISHD2 Boca Raton, home of the Miami Dolphins, powered by Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys. Call 1-800-747-FREE. That's 1-800-747-3733. I don't know, man. The truth has some staying power, I think. It's it's here to stay. Long, <laughs> yeah, sometimes the truth hurts, Travis, <laughs> and, and this could be one of those days. Look, I, I'll sum the whole thing up and to his first word out of his mouth that we heard. He said it sucks. Yeah. And it, and it that's kind of how I felt about it uh, throughout the whole game. He was tough on himself. And, and, you know, poor performance on my part, hard to win games when you're playing like this, missing guys in certain areas, poor ball placement, you know. So, I mean, a lot of that stuff. Errors he talked about, you know, on, on the play, even the plays that they converted, there were errors that needed to get cleaned up. So, uh, you know, uh, and the execution was not what they had expected or with the goals that they set out for themselves. So I think that's what we all saw. I think that, that Tua affirmed those beliefs that we had. But it was also interesting that he used the word miscommunication frequently. And, I, you know, after about the fourth time, Juicy looks up at me. <laughs> right. And so, so you know, we were fascinated. I remember back to when we had Alec Ingold in the, in the fish tank. And he talked about we have another 100 plays for this week. And we have another 100. And it's amazing that, that they game plan that way. But it's also, I imagine, taxing on these players that have to digest all that. And, you know, there's a lot of smart guys on this team, right. which is, I think, intentional. And, and, and we're rewarded with this great offensive performance that we've seen all season long. But sometimes I imagine it also leads to what you heard, and that was the word miscommunication. So I remember, you know, we keep talking about that route to Jeff Wilson. And I asked you, Juice, you know, looking where Tua threw the ball, and he's so big on placement and throwing to a location. And remember, everybody cheered during the preseason when he was throwing the ball into the net and was hitting one after the other, like hitting these deep threes like Steph Curry or something. And it was like, man, do you think Wilson took that route a little too thin and the ball is supposed to go out here? And so I wonder how much of that it would be really interesting to know how much of that miscommunication is, you know, guys not being where he expected them to be or was he throwing it to the wrong place? But then he said it later on when they said, hey, you know, what happened here on this play? And he said, look, sometimes I just didn't throw the ball where it should be. But then there were these other times where there was miscommunication on where a guy was going to come out of his break or where. So, you know, that tells me he's saying without saying that guys guys weren't where they were supposed to be as well. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, you know, they asked him about his health. Obviously, that was my biggest concern because the game was pretty much lost at that point. Was it going to be a, t- a fumble or was it going to be an incomplete pass? And clearly it was a fumble. It was the right call, a fumble picked up for a touchdown. But it was like, is Tua okay? And anybody see Tua after that play? And he did run off the field, I guess had an ankle injury, didn't come back in the game. He said he's as good as I can be, yeah. which I guess juice after a football game, as good as I can be, I mean, the game, it hurts to play this game, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, so I think that's what some of that was, is they were smacking him around a little bit. But, uh, you know, beyond that, I, I thought the, the fourth down stuff was interesting. And then I, he squashed any of those issues that, that Daryl Johnston brought up. So I felt like myself. This wasn't an issue of me being overexcited. This wasn't an issue of me, you know, I felt like myself. And, you know, I, I just thought that he, he said, nah, I wasn't too emotionally charged up to play. I just didn't make the plays when we needed to make them. So, um, you know, I, I, again, I like that too. We have seen in this league what happens when your quarterback doesn't take ownership of an offensive performance. And to a, 
did what you would expect from a captain is he went out there and he owned up to all of it. And it wasn't, you know, we joked about last week where he blamed all the sacks on himself and that he called plays that were putting guys in bad positions. And I think being a good captain there, but I think it's also, you know, so you cover up for guys in times, but when, you know, when you have egg on your face, I think it's important to stand up and do that. And that's what we heard today. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you think, Juice? Yeah. You know, it was tough for me to listen to some of it because, you know, I, I thought that, um, I, th- I thought Dale Johnson was right. He, he seemed like he was pumped up, in my opinion. You know what I mean? There was too many of those throws. It wasn't one or two. It was a, a bucket of them. You know what I mean? A handful of those throws that were a little – not Tua. And we we don't see Tua make those type of throws anymore. So, you know, sure, Tua said one thing, but we all try to maybe at some time play a little, little bit cool. Um, he talked about guys not being where they're supposed to be. Um, what I was thinking about that, though, a lot of these guys are running wide open. So, I don't know where they're supposed to be is That's not overthrown. You know, the bottom line is they're they're wide open. So, did he, are they broken and breaking too short? Are all those routes short that they're overthrown? Or is that one route to waddle long and it was underthrown? So, I mean, and I also put thought into this. How much do they try to change things because they're playing the Niners where guys aren't Tendency breakers and all that stuff. Yeah. Correct. Or whatever type of knowledge that, you know, that, that other organization has about them. Yeah. Because we've seen them take on 100 plays a week and execute flawlessly yeah. at times. You know, I've never seen this many, especially this late in the season, this much miscommunication if it is what Tua was saying it is. That's, that's what I really took from it. I thought, yeah, I mean, you mentioned you were kind of holding the fingers up counting. That's four, four mentions of miscommunications there. I wonder how much of that, I mean, obviously we saw in the mic'd up last week how much Tua and Mike are kind of in, in conversation throughout the course of the game. So I'm wondering how much of that is kind of, you know, Mike saying like, hey, on that one, you know, you, you were right and so-and-so was wrong. Or I'm just curious how that kind of those conversations were going because I don't think Tua steps to the mic ready to talk about that by himself. Does that make sense? Like he's right. not the only one thinking that to bring that idea to the press conference, in well, my opinion. It seemed like the last one they had a little meeting of the minds beforehand. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I would hope um, so. so. I don't know. I mean, those guys are talking throughout the entire game, right? So, that you know, those conversations are being had. But uh, to me, there was clearly frustration. He was frustrated with himself, but it sounds to me that he was also frustrated that sometimes guys weren't where he expected them to be. And so it was a combination of those things. But it's interesting to hear you say that, Juice. It's like if a guy's running wide open and he's missed, is that a miscommunication? Is that, you know, I, I, you know, I keep going back to that Wilson route. That one did look like the route wasn't where he expected the guy to be. But And, and sometimes we see and we, we marvel at Tua. You know, I always hear uh, Travis right here, and he stops the, cl- you know, you stop the clicker there, and you say his arms are, his hands are yeah. separating. His hand- so Tua sometimes is winding up and throwing that ball, and everything's timing, and and so he's making that decision before. You know, we're all looking at the results, that's, that's but he's making that decision early on. But when a guy is that wide open, Juice, and I know you 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 played on the side of the guy waiting for the ball, not the guy who had to throw the ball, but. You know, at what point can you make an adjustment? Even if your if your receiver is not where he's supposed to be, but he is so damn open, can you make an adjustment? Who who yeah. cares where he's supposed to be? Let me get the ball to him. Well, I think I, you know one thing. I, I'm thinking back at the game, Big Seth too. Is like I'm thinking this linebackers did such a great job of getting depth. Yeah, that they created higher throws. You know, you look at some of those shots. That's he, he's trying to fit it over some of those guys. You know, so I don't know if if that's the issue we talk about with, with miscommunication because maybe our wide receivers should be a little deeper, but mm. they were they were hella deep. Everything over the middle seemed like it was a, a try to be a drop in the bucket a lot of times. So you know, just thinking back on that, I'm looking at like taking a steal shot of, of, of the game a little bit. A lot of those high throws were over somebody. 
did have some on the edges though that weren't over anybody. Yeah. So um, and he said that too, yeah. right? Some throws yeah, I exactly. just flat so that's out what missed. I'm saying I wonder which ones were the miscommunication and flat out misses. You know? Yeah, yeah. So that was you know, and and we know as we've said all year long and really for multiple years, his recall's crazy. Yeah. So he's played that whole game in his head. I think almost before he even got to the podium there. So that was interesting. I uh, it was it on drive time, Travis. I, I heard somewhere that what the Dolphins have done really well is exploit the middle of the field, and what the what the Niners have done really well all year is really protect and own the middle of the field. I think that was I heard that on drive time. I literally scribbled the stat down right here to end this with, so I, I can give it to you right now. Yeah. So yeah. So Fred Warner was drafted back in 2018. The Niners' great middle linebacker, in my opinion, the best linebacker in the NFL. And the Niners have allowed 15 fewer completions than the, ne- the next fewest defense in the intermediate middle portion of the mm-hmm. field since he was drafted. That's the 10 to 19 yard range between the numbers, which is where Tua and Tyreek and Waddle have lit opposing defenses up this year yeah so I wonder to your point Juice and is that in your head that hey we know we've got to get more depth on these routes we know because you know this Absolutely. guy's protecting the middle of the field I mean, so so really interesting really interesting yeah and I think in the one and if you get that look during practice all week with him getting that type of depth you right know, I mean, you What's probably worked it you've probably yeah. drilled this you yeah. probably know we used to run this route maybe at 20 you have might, might have to get the 23 you know whatever it is and our guys are fast enough to Pretty much cover that ground and get there. How are we on time? Because it was one other thing I was going to bring up. Sorry, big stuff. Yeah, fire off. Oh no, 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 no! Don't be sorry. I, I was good stuff. But I, I, I just re- one other thing in my notes that I thought was really interesting. They asked. We talked about the fourth down decision, right, on your own nineteen and backed up. And I got a little, uh, you know, uh, Joe Philbin queasy, right? But they asked Tua, "What's going through your head, right?" You know, and 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 he's like. Get the first down. Yeah. You know, I loved hearing that. You know what? He shouldn't feel nervous like I feel nervous because if he does, then the wrong guy's there, right? You know, like I, that, there's a reason why I'm sitting here in the green room and talking about it, and there's a reason why he's getting paid to do that and make that throw. And so I love it. That's the play Mike called, so my job's to go and execute it. So I thought that was, you know, I mean, it seems like a throwaway answer, but I think that tells you a lot. You know, like, yeah, you know, he didn't go on about, well, you know, we knew there was a risk or we had to get that because our backs were against the wall. He's like, what's what's going through my head? Get the first yeah, down. Yeah. <laughs> right, which was what should be going through your head. Right, right. He got it on I'll that one. On, on the future one, he did not get the fourth down completion. To put a bow on the point here, that, that first answer to me was my favorite when he just said it sucks like a few times in a row because to me, and he, he said, like, we, we wanted to come out here and say what we wanted to say and we didn't do that as a team. Like, he clearly, they clearly viewed this as an opportunity to kind of tell people, like, yeah, we're for real. Didn't make it happen this week. Next week is another chance to do it again. So we'll come back with you guys here. One more segment left in hour number one. We still have to hear from head coach Mike McDaniel. Dolphins post game is driven by Gunther Motors for car buying done your way. You've got to get to Gunther Kia. Again, the final score from Levi Stadium. Niners 33, Dolphins 17. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. You're listening to Dolphins football on the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. Dolphins recap tomorrow morning with Joe Rose and Zach Krantz. AM 560 Sports, WQAM. Our Miami Dolphins want to help you lock in a low mortgage rate. That's why Amerisave is our official mortgage lender. Whether you want to refinance, get cash out, or purchase a new home, visit Amerisave.com to lock in your low mortgage rate of the day. The Dolphins had two touchdowns on this day. One was a one-play drive. The next, a little bit longer of a drive, but a long touchdown nonetheless. Let's go ahead and get to our Lexus drive of the game. Your Lexus dealers wish you a happy and safe holiday season. Make it a December to remember together. And the drive ended with this bomb from Tua Tungavailoa to Tyreek Hill. Back to throw Tua again, looking deep, deep downfield, and he's got Tyreek! Touchdown Miami! Beat him on a post pattern right down the middle of the field, and 
Tua Tungavailoa put it right on the money. 45 yards to Tua Tungavailoa to Tyreek Hill. And that's the first score against this 49er defense in the last five games in the second half. And by the way, you were talking about this is what they are worried about. They should have because he split them. It beat Ward. Jimmy, he was wide open. Javarius Ward just got smoked. What a call. And what a perfect throw. Jimmy, too. what a call. Thinking we were talking, they got to be looking for not to give up the big play. That's one of the calls of the year right there. Kind of having a, a debate about the play there, the call, the play, the call, the play, the throw. I don't know what we're talking about. Either way, it's six to Tyreek Hill over the top. A four-play drive, 75 yards, under two minutes on the time uh, of that drive. And, you know, that's kind of a good segue, I think, from the previous segment talking about the, the depth the, the Niners linebackers were getting, guys, because on that play we saw the great safety they have, uh, Talanoa Hufanga, drive nice. on the middle pass to – thank you, by the way. That was – I didn't know I had that one, yeah. but I went wow. with it and I pulled it out. So we get it and we move on here. But the uh, he drove on the middle route to yeah. Sherfield, which obviously led to a 75-yard touchdown earlier in the game. And then as, was it Joe or Jimmy there who was wide open in the middle <laughs> of the field, Tyreek Hill, 45 yards for a touchdown. It's good to see the Dolphins have that aerial passing game like that to, to Tyreek because it's been a long time since they had that. And, Seth, you were right. Preach and I are watching back on that route. He did give him a little nod that held that, that corner out there, man. Held him wide. And then, of course, the burst. He did that without breaking stride, too. So once that once that corner held or hesitated a second, it was like lights out right there, man. And, uh, yeah, great job by Sherfield drawing a lot of attention over the middle there. Yeah, Great absolutely. read by Tua, though. Awesome. He said he saw them playing uh, quarters right there. So quarters, you attack that front side safety on them, take him with you, and then Tyreek can go big, uh, big bite post over the top with that corner out on the outside. That was a beautiful play right there. So Great throw. Hufunga busted, right? Because he was trying to drive and make a play and, and left his space. Yeah, but I think that's what happens when you're with quarters. When yeah. Sher- Sherfield threatening him like that, he's got somebody, he's got to be the one that jumps it because it's on his side of the football. Mm, that makes sense. Know? So he had to jump it. Yeah, so that's that's a good like Great play. About, good play design. Quarters, yeah, yeah. By, by Mike McDaniel there attacking that certain coverage. That's kind of, you know, that's why I just keep thinking back to so many plays like, ah, oh, they just had a couple of plays in their hands and didn't know, make man. them. They would have, they'd be 9 and 3 right now. But we move on. And, and I want Yeah, wanna, yeah, man. We, we, well, that was an important yeah. drive, too, because, I mean, up until that point, we yeah. were just sitting here saying, what has happened to this happen, offense? Yeah. What's yeah. going on with Tua? Yeah. They had, you know, uh, look, it was 23 to 10, and. And the the seven points came on the first throw of the game, so it's like they had done nothing up until you know we were counting the incomplete passes uh, one after the next, three and outs, and and so that was like oh yeah, this is still who we are, this right. is still what we can do. It's just too little, too late. And that was a sequence after a sequence where, like you mentioned, Big Seth, like it, it just at a certain point it felt like can they score points today because. You know, there's a situation where they have a first and 28 at the 28-yard line, and you go, you know, they had eight penalties for 68 yards in the game, uh, and they go false start and then a 10-yard holding penalty. And you had said that it was maybe not on Rob Hunt. It was That's who was called the flag. It was called on Rob Hunt, but, I, you know, and I'll be curious to see what you say when you watch it back. But it looked to me like Rob was doing everything he was supposed to do, and then you just saw this hand <laughs> come come reaching in, which I'm guessing was Connor Williams, and looked like it gave a little, not not necessarily a horse collar, but a little tug inside of the jersey there. And and that's what I think was called, and they gave it to Rob. But I don't know that it was him. It was such a huge moment in the game because you go yeah. from you know knocking on the door of the red zone down by seven with plenty of game left to go to you know first and twenty five, and then the throw to Jeff Wilson where he slips down right in front of the defender, and that's you know that's kind of one of the I guess the downsides of this offense and the way it works, the timing throws and put the ball to a spot in those zones because if you get someone slipping like that, it's an easy pick for the defense, and that's what we saw happen there. But and I, mean, I think that might be part of the miscommunication part too because. 
because, I mean, but we know two was under duress at that point on that play too. But at the same time, he's, if he's expecting, you know, Wilson to turn around and show him his numbers at that point, it's, it, there's no way it gets to the DB making a spectacular he was, play. He was like still setting up yeah, his route. Exactly right? right. He was still going. So maybe he's supposed to set up Camp Shop right there. And, I would have loved for him, I said earlier, I'm sorry to cut you off, Juice, but he, I wish he would have just tucked it and ate rest. it and then yeah. go to second and yeah. 23 or whatever. It was 25, 33. I would have been okay with it. Because yeah. the way this offense works, they probably could have got back into field goal range and salvaged that drive for some points. But, yeah, penalties in this game, you know, th- there was a few that I know Dolphins Twitter is a little bit fired up about right now. The Melvin Ingram trip that was – I don't know how you how you yeah. don't call that because it looks like that, and when it's moving so fast, I'm not sure how you can identify, oh, he got They had a meeting of the mind. Though yeah. three of them came Pick together, up, they yeah. were questioning it, and it was yeah. behind them. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing; yeah. it wasn't yeah. like one of those obvious trips where a guy sees the gaps wide open yeah. and he shoots his leg out there. Yeah. It was yeah. it was behind them. I mean, that that would have been pretty slick for him to trip him and do that, <laughs> and it wasn't the case. So yeah, that was just a miss. I always feel like the referee should have the wherewithal to understand the impact of the play. I mean, I know that's not how it's written in the rule book. That's but the like, NBA, man. Yeah. That's not the <laughs> NFL, Travis. Uh, on that one, because you had Ingram and Sealer both absolutely destroyed their blocks, and that play was dead from the start there was a dpi i think on x later in the game where the ball was well overthrown and behind him and they got that one i didn't really agree with the kohu one on the first drive personally i I mean i know it was tight it was kind of bang bang and you probably could have got x in the play before but i don't know man this they were both so bang bang i think they could have gone either way but my thing is that the location of the passes was so far behind that the guys kind of had yeah they run into yeah Yeah. and you got a wide receiver slowing up a little bit guys making contact but isn't that kind of where like offensive football is gone that's the whole back shoulder throw idea that's the whole throw it deep and make them come back for it yeah either run it run through me or the d-way pump fake there and lean in this is just all all us trying to figure out where it went wrong because it feels like a game they probably could have won but we did let's say this too we did have some tight tight coverage today though yeah yeah obviously you know we had right <laughs> with the with the DPIs and the, you know and the the pass breakups and the close calls and the the, the tight windows we had to, he had to throw in absolutely I mean we had some the DBs had a had a pretty good game today Javon Holland was all over the field in this oh, game today and so brought we'll, the head brought that we, helmet he today yeah. we'll talk more about him I thought he had a chance to get freed up a little bit more in terms of the defensive scheme we'll talk about that and many much more I should say here in hour number two that was our Lexus drive of the game your Lexus dealers wish you a happy and safe holiday season make it a December to remember together antennas up game on score your favorite games and shows for free visit the free freetvproject.org to learn about all the free programming waiting for you including miami dolphins games that's freetvproject.org dolphins post game also driven by gunther motors for car buying done your way you've got to get to gunther kia again the final score from san francisco or santa clara niners 33 dolphins 17 you're listening to the miami dolphins radio network brought to you by the palm beaches t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.